Welcome to a brand new episode of This Week in Apps, your weekly news roundup about apps and games with data you won't find anywhere else. I'm Ariel from AppFigures, and I'll start by saying revenue was rejuvenated in May. I'll show you what I mean in a second. With May behind us, we can look at Snapchat's revenue and see if the paid beta testing feature continues to be in demand. If you're new to this mini-series, every month I look at mobile revenue of social platforms that are trying to monetize their free users, which so far includes Twitter, Snapchat, and Telegram. Not exactly a social platform, I know, but it's close enough. Focusing on Snapchat, I think I owe Snap an apology. See, I've been saying for months now that its offering isn't enough and that it needs more to grow, but looking at the numbers, they're doing more than fine all on their own. And by more than fine, I mean $13.9 million of net revenue from the App Store in May, a 59% increase when compared to April, according to our app intelligence. May brings Snapchat's total net revenue from the App Store since launch to $70 million, and that's net, meaning what Snap gets to keep after giving Apple its share. That's Snapchat's biggest month of revenue and also the biggest in growth. Clearly, people want features first. Digging into the revenue a bit more, it should come as no surprise that the majority of this revenue, 66% to be precise, is coming from the U.S. But that's also pretty interesting because it means 34% is coming from everywhere else. The U.K. was the second largest contributor of revenue, followed by Canada, France, and Australia. Although this still isn't really comparable to its ad revenue, the rate at which revenue is growing is astounding considering the user base is so used to getting everything for free. I see this as a great sign for product-led revenue for such platforms. Which platform do you think is going to follow and start monetizing its free users? Place your bets in the comments section. Now, let's have a look at another big earner in May. Lights, camera, CapCut. The video editor from TikTok that's now monetizing is doing so in a way that should put all of its competitors on notice. So far this year, CapCut's net revenue has grown 243%. But what's more interesting is that its revenue is growing double-digit percentages, while the competition, incumbents that have seen success for years are barely growing. Some are even on the decline. CapCut, which was free up until late last year, is now selling a pro subscription that unlocks additional effects, filters, and cloud space. On the App Store, CapCut's revenue has been growing at a decent rate this year. It kicked off 2023 by doubling and dropped to a more realistic rate after, where it's averaging revenue growth of 36% month over month. According to App Intelligence, that growth rate gave CapCut $2.8 million of net revenue from the App Store in May. Splice, PixArt, and Facetune are close competitors to CapCut, and all bring in more revenue in absolute terms right now. But unlike CapCut, all are also growing at a much slower rate. The leader of the pack, both in terms of absolute revenue and growth rate, Facetune, is growing at half the speed, and that's on a good day. Facetune's revenue from the App Store grew 17% in May. It ended May with $10 million of net revenue from the App Store, and that's net meaning what Lightrix gets to keep after giving Apple its cut. PixArt and Splice grew 3% and 8% respectively in May. Those rates dropped significantly when compared to earlier in the year, where the numbers were 23% for Splice and 17% for PixArt. CapCut is certainly eating their lunch. And if you've tried the app, you'd know that the in-app purchase isn't heavily promoted at all. Like, TikTok isn't even trying. If that's the kind of growth it's seeing with the in-app purchase hidden, imagine what would happen if they try just a little bit harder. It's not a question of if, but rather when. 
and a short break for this new segment I'm testing I call Tidbits. Three short bits of interesting things you can tell others and sound extra smart. Really, really quickly. One, 14,949 new iOS and Android apps and games were released this week. Wow. Two, ChatGPT has been downloaded over 3 million times worldwide so far. Only 48% of those downloads came from the US. And three, the new Max app from HBO has been the most downloaded app in the US App Store for 11 consecutive days. That's a lot. And that's all I have for you for tidbits. Short and sweet. Drop a comment and let me know if you like this new segment. Oh, and give the episode a like while you're at it. It really helps the channel. Now, back to the insights, and I'm not done with revenue just yet. Streaming platforms have been active this year, and as we head into the summer season, I expect nothing less than the race heating up. Again, HBO Max consumed Discovery Plus and turned into Max last week. Disney is doing something similar soon, and for a good reason, content is and never stopped being king. And in both cases, it's mostly TV content that's key. That could explain why Peacock and Paramount Plus, both of which come at streaming from the TV direction, have hit new all-time revenue highs in May. Peacock and Paramount Plus have been fairly close in terms of revenue for the last year or so. In fact, up until last October, Paramount Plus was beating Peacock. That changed in November as Peacock took the lead and hasn't given it up since. According to our estimates, Paramount Plus ended May with $18.9 million of net revenue from the App Store, up a modest 3% from April. Peacock's net revenue from the App Store in May totaled to $21.3 million, up a healthy 7% from April. And that's all net revenue, which is what's left after Apple takes its fee. Last week, when talking about HBO Max's rebrand, I mentioned how content is still the most important part in the streaming to revenue equation, which makes sense, but was somewhat forgotten by the big names. Now, it's more likely that it wasn't forgotten, and instead, it's a change in the trend and what people like to watch. During COVID lockdowns, people had more time to spend on consuming content. Now, with life going back to normal and many jobs going back to the office, content consumption patterns are changing, and TV content is more suited for that. Both Peacock and Paramount Plus are primed to continue their growth, and I expect to see that happening faster this year. And only one more about revenue. Dating apps aren't new at all, but during lockdowns in 2020, they became the way to socialize to the point revenue was rising faster than ever before. It took a little bit, but once everyone realized that we're kind of stuck at home, wallets began to open up. For context, Tinder, the category's leader, saw new revenue from the app store rise from $17 million in January of 2018 to more than $100 million in October of 2021. That was a peak. And yes, that much. Crazy, right? While the overall trend for the top trio, which includes Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, the highest earning dating apps in the US is positive, 2023 was mostly negative for Bumble and Hinge and a tiny bit Tinder. Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge started 2023 on a really high note, collectively earning more than $130 million of net revenue from the App Store, and that's in January. Tinder was the leader earning the majority with Hinge last on this very short list. Revenue for all three shrunk in February down to $116 million of net revenue from the App Store, and all three saw a decrease. While Tinder managed to get back up a bit, Bumble and Hinge continued to drop in March and also in April. That seemed to have changed in May as all three saw increases in revenue, and significant ones too. Tinder's net revenue from the App Store grew a whopping 23% in May. Bumble followed with a healthy 19% increase, and the smaller in absolute terms Hinge grew the most, 25%. 
Together, the trio brought in $140 million of net revenue from the App Store in May. Dating gaps are very lucrative, and after several years of the bigs dominating, we're now seeing the emergence of many niche apps that aren't going after everyone like these three. This is a good sign for all of these niche apps. And last for this week, and this one isn't exactly about money. See, 2023 has not been the best year for cryptocurrencies. Coinbase, which became a household name during the pandemic, is a good proxy for how the masses fell in and out of love with this new type of money most still don't understand. And in 2023, there's been a lot of falling out of love with the platform. Coinbase made its way into 2.2 million iPhones and Android devices in January of 2022, according to our app intelligence. That wasn't the peak of downloads for the crypto exchange, but I didn't want to go back too far and you'll see why in a minute. That was also when Bitcoin, the most popular cryptocurrency mere mortals know about, was near its peak. Bitcoin's value, like Coinbase's downloads, started declining very early in 2022. By mid-July, Bitcoin was worth less than half and Coinbase's downloads were at about a quarter, 607,000 downloads for the month of July. The trend continued and by May of 2023, Coinbase saw just 379,000 downloads from the App Store and Google Play combined according to App Intelligence. That's an 82% drop when compared to January. Bitcoin's value continues to fluctuate, but it's still far from where it was in 2022. Coinbase's bet on mere mortals trading something they don't exactly understand was a good one when the going was good. And it might be good again, but for now, it really doesn't look like it. I'm no crypto expert, but I think the masses aren't ready for crypto just yet. Do you agree? Let me know in the comments. I'll leave you on that thought. If you've learned something new from this episode, make sure to give it a like, subscribe, and share it with others. I'll see you for a fresh one next week.